your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 555 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online. Where the game starts. And we've got a special Sunday morning edition for you guys here. We're going to be talking about, obviously, the Rangers' thrilling come-from-behind uh, win last night against Dallas, uh, rallying out of an early 2-0 hole, basically just uh, flipping this game on its head. I mean, this game took a complete 180. I know you hear uh, that cliche get tossed around quite a bit, but it was like somebody just flipped a light switch. I mean, the Rangers were looking like they were going to get run off the rink. It looked like they were going to have you know, their first three-game losing streak of the season, at least, you know, losses that all occurred in regulation. They had one three-game losing streak at the beginning of November, but two of those were in overtime. Uh, but like I said, they came storming back. They ended up scoring seven goals in this game. Goals were scored by seven different players. And again, it's one of those games, we talked about this not that long ago, but I try to keep track of, you know, the best wins of the season, the worst losses. Just a handful of minutes into this game, once again, I kind of knew this was either going to be in the one of the best wins of the season because obviously it would have meant that the Rangers came storming back and got the victory, which is what happened, or it would be one of the worst losses. I mean, this was a big, big game for the Rangers. They'd lost two in a row. Uh, they'd basically been dominated in each of their last two games before this against the Wild and against the Blues. And, you know, the trade deadline is very fast approaching. We're down to barely over a week remaining here. It's now eight days, if uh, my math is correct. Again, we're recording this on Sunday. But this is a big-time chance to send a message to Chris Drury in the front office as far as what kind of an approach they should take at the trade deadline because, you know, if the Rangers lose their third in a row and they get basically just whacked for the third straight game and, you know, it's not really all that competitive, uh, that's going to tell the front office that maybe it's not time to make any significant moves, trade any prospects, trade any draft picks. I mean, there might be some people who think that anyway, even after the Rangers won this game. But for Ranger fans that are really excited about this team and hoping that they make, you know, at least a significant deal or two, maybe don't go nuts with it and, you know, don't try to land one of the absolute best players available at the trade deadline. But if you want them to at least bring in, you know, some depth pieces, as we talked about, you know, some middle six forwards, one or two of them, uh, maybe a defenseman, then you want the Rangers to be playing well heading into the trade deadline. Because if the Rangers go into the trade deadline and, you know, suddenly they've lost, I don't know, like five out of their last seven yeah, I don't know that the GM and the front office, uh, Drury and the front office, are going to be all that aggressive, and you really probably wouldn't be able to, to blame them. But this is the fifth-to-last game before the trade deadline, and it's a big win for the Rangers. And, you know, to kind of just uh, illustrate my point here, just how big this this win was, they end up going 2-2 two and two on this road trip, which is not, you know, a sparkling record, but my God, does that sound better than one and three, especially when you consider that this would have been uh, three straight losses. And then, uh, you know, obviously you're getting to the point where you're desperate for a win. Rangers will be back in action at home against the Ducks on Tuesday. So that looks like a winnable game, but cannot understate the importance of this victory for the Rangers, you know, finding their game, 
and recovering from a slow start. The slow start issues have kind of crept back in, and there was a similarity in this game to what we saw, I think, in the game against Minnesota. Obviously, neither game saw the Rangers exactly get off to a good start, but the thing that those two games have in common, you look where the Wild are in the standings, and they had lost 6-7 to seven going into that, and you look where the Dallas Stars are in the standings. These are both kind of fringe playoff teams. You know, they're they're right there. They When the season ends, both these teams could be one of the last one or two teams into the playoffs or one of the first one or two teams out of it. And so if you're the Rangers, you have to understand the fact you're on the road playing a team that is absolutely desperate. They've got their home fans behind them. They're going to come out with a lot of jump in their game. And we saw that from both the Wild and the Stars. These teams are desperate. Now, the Rangers, they're about 17 points clear as far as the playoffs are concerned. The, the first team out of the playoffs is about 15 or 17 points behind the Rangers. So they're pretty comfortable as far as their playoff standing is concerned. But regardless, they still have to find a way to come out and match that desperation, match that energy of the, you know that you're going to get from a team that is, once again, fighting for its playoff lives, like the Stars are, like the Wild are. And in both cases, you know, the Rangers out of the starting blocks just did not match the pace. They did not match that desperation. But when you look back at this game, when all the smoke cleared and everything was said and done, the Rangers found that fifth gear. You know, they they found a way to kind of elevate their game and play at the pace that the Stars had dictated right from the opening faceoff. And that's obviously what led to the Rangers, uh, you know, coming from behind and winning this game. The Rangers had to play this game with desperation. And after stumbling in the first, you know, five to eight to maybe 10 minutes, uh, they were there. They, they were with the Stars the entire rest of this game. That's not to say it was easy the rest of the way. That's not to say it was perfect. But the Rangers started playing at the pace that the Stars had already dictated. This was going to be a playoff-esque type game. And it was. And the Rangers ended up passing with flying colors. And again, it was not perfect. Uh, you know, Igor Shesterkin allows four goals, but overall, I think he had a pretty solid night. You know, after the slow start, which included a bit of a soft goal to open the scoring in the first minute by the Stars, I'm sure Igor would tell you that he would like to have that one back. Then they scored on a deflection. Uh, they had a deflection later in the game. So overall, you know, it wasn't like one of Igor Shesterkin's best nights, but he made a lot of quality saves down the stretch, and I think the Rangers also picked up their game defensively as well. And that might sound a little strange when you've got a game where you allow four goals, and how many shots did the Stars have on net in this game? I want to check that out. The Stars had 33 shots on goal, so a good amount, not like a crazy amount, but overall, you know, I, I think the Rangers tightened everything up defensively. I thought they played a little bit better. In some cases, you have to tip your cap to the Stars because I was very impressed by them last night. This is a team that very much looked like it was, you know, fighting for its playoff lives, and we saw that with the start that they had. And again, th this game was crazy. I mean, it just, the pace of it was just off the charts. Uh, we had uh, quite a few different Rangers who you wouldn't necessarily expect uh, getting onto the score sheet, and in some cases, you know, coming up with some multi-point nights. One person that does not surprise you is Artemi Panarin, and he goes off for one goal and four assists on the night. He was also a plus two, had a Ranger, well, he was second on the Rangers with 20 minutes and 18 seconds on the ice, uh, only to Chris Kreider, who had 20-45. But I also felt like this was the first game in a while that we saw Artemi Panarin just truly dominate, truly be Artemi Panarin. And I know that might sound a little bit strange because it's not like he's lacking for points, you know, over the last however many games you want to go back. He's obviously still very productive, and he's always a good player. I mean, his floor is so high that even when he's not at his best, you can pencil him in for basically a point per game. But... This is the first time in a, in a while, I think, that, you know, when Panarin had the puck, whether it was power play or 5v5, 
this guy looks so dangerous. You felt like he was either going to score or, you know, put it on a tee for one of his line mates every single time that he had the puck. So that was obviously great to see Artemi Panarin, 100% Artemi Panarin in this game. We got to give a shout out to some of the guys, though, that uh, you don't expect to contribute all that much offensively, beginning with Dryden Hunt. He ends up with a trio of assists. I'm almost positive they said that this was the first time in his career that he's had three points in one game uh, without checking. You know, that's very, very believable. Obviously, he's not somebody that you expect to stuff the score sheet. And I know in the most recent episode of Locked On New York Rangers, I was sort of um, campaigning for the Rangers to give somebody else a shot on the second line. I'm going to stick with that. Look, I'm, I could not be any more happy for Dryden Hunt because as, as I said, you know, in our most recent episode— where I mentioned that I felt like the Rangers should try to give somebody else, whether it's Heedle or Goudreau or Gautier or Brodzinski, give somebody else a chance on the second line. Uh, I did praise Hunt for his work ethic, his physicality, his willingness to battle for the puck along the boards. Uh, Obviously, you know, he'll fight if the occasion calls for it as well. Uh, With all that said, I I do think they should go with somebody else, but can't help but be happy for Dryden Hunt here, you know, helping out offensively uh, with three assists in this game. You know, again, this is playoff-type atmosphere, and Dryden Hunt coming up big for the New York Rangers. Uh, Greg McKaig was back in the lineup, and I know that, you know, there's always some issues with that when it comes to Ranger fans. I, I think there's other people that some of us would like to see in the lineup. Uh, Morgan Barron certainly springs to mind, but it was cool to see him uh, get a goal in this game as well. He deflects uh, a shot from Ke'Andre Miller, and this is a big goal for the Rangers because they were down 2 nothing to this point in the game. The Stars had just been absolutely dominating, and, you know, they were up 2 to nothing. Shout out to Julian Gauthier, too. I've been a little tough on him recently, but he went in there behind the goal line, was fighting for the puck in the corner, had a bunch of stars all over him, got a little bit of help from Panarin, but this was mostly Gauthier. And then Gauthier, you know, again, he fends off multiple stars. There were at least two guys all over him. And he passes back uh, toward the blue line area, and that's where Ke'Andre Miller gets it. He wasn't quite at the blue line. He was up a little bit toward, uh, you know, the top of the left faceoff circle there. But he shoots. Greg McKay gets a piece of it, deflects off of him and into the net. And so the Rangers are back into the game at 2-1 to one at that point. But happy for Greg McKay that he got a goal there. And then Patrick Nemeth. Uh, somebody on Twitter last night, I wasn't really on Twitter for this game all that often, but uh, Patrick Nemeth uh, ended up scoring a goal in the second period that gave the Rangers a 5-3 to three lead heading into the third. He scored that goal with only a minute 40 left in the second. And that was a huge goal. His second of the season, Nemeth seemingly playing a little bit better, you know, since he's been back in the lineup and returning from his bout with COVID. But one of you guys tweeted at me, uh, you know, has, has Patrick Nemeth, can we start calling him Mr. Clutch? And I don't think we're there quite yet, but I will say this. He's making them count. You know, both of his goals have been absolutely huge uh, recently for the Rangers. So if Patrick Nemeth is going to score some goals, I mean, first of all, we'll take that. But secondly, uh, yeah, it's awesome that they're happening in these clutch instances here. Uh, Dryden Hunt had a secondary assist on that goal by Nemeth. And uh, Artemi Panarin had his 51st assist of the season, uh, the primary assist on that goal by Nemeth. And it was a great play by Nemeth. He was back behind the goal line. Like I said, he came around the other side of the net and tried to stuff the puck in uh, on a wraparound and actually did so. It didn't seem like it went in at first. You know, there was a big pile up in front of the net and everything, but they went to the replay, and clear as day, that puck was over the goal line. I still hold my breath on those because even though it seems obvious to you and me and and anybody with two eyes that that puck was in the net and that it should be, uh, you know, counted as a good goal. I'm still kind of holding my breath as the refs are reviewing this. We've seen some weird things happen, and sometimes I just don't know what they're looking at or what kind of weird, obscure ro- ruling they're going to come up with. So I was still holding my breath, but uh, they got this one right, thankfully, and a big goal for the Rangers because that made it 5-3 to three going into the second period. 
We're going to continue breaking down all this insanity in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company, and it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. On Monday, March 21st at 3.30 Eastern Time, tune in to Locked On Fantasy Hockey's live deadline reaction show to get all the on-ice fantasy and betting analysis you need from hosts Steele Rodine and Flip Livingston with appearances from our roster of local team experts. All right, definitely want to go ahead and talk about some of the lineup decisions. The Rangers going with 11 forwards and 7 defensemen for the second time this season and second time in fairly recent history here. And there was some conjecture. I mean, I think this might have been fan-created more than anything else, but uh, there was some conjecture that maybe Ryan Lingrid would actually end up being a healthy scratch in this game. And to be fair, you know, he definitely has struggled recently. The last game against the Blues, we talked about how he had two penalties in the first eight minutes of the game. He also had... Uh, a miscue on the second goal that the Blues scored in that game. You know, he basically just left this guy wide open in front of the net. I'm really not sure what he was doing on that play. Uh, but listen, I, I I think it's just kind of a bit of a rough patch for Ryan Lindgren. He's a rock-solid defenseman for this Ranger team, and I don't think he should be healthy scratch, and I was glad to see that he was not. And uh, he really stepped it up in this game. I thought he played well overall, and there were some extracurriculars after the whistle a couple of times, and he was right in the middle of all that, uh, you know, making sure he was protecting Igor, making sure he was protecting his his teammates. Him and Jamie Ben were going at it. I mean, you know Jamie Ben's going to be in the middle of things, so it was nice to see Lindgren step up to him. But part of the reason why, you know, I think some of us were wondering if Lindgren might be the odd man out in this game is because uh, when the Rangers were practicing, they had Miller and Truba as the top pairing. They had Libor Hayek with Adam Fox as the second pairing. And then the third pairing was Schneider and Nemeth. And Lindgren was off to the side. And Gallant was even talking about how he's considering, you know, maybe making a short-term switch as far as the defense pairings uh, are concerned. They didn't do that per se. Everybody was with their normal defense partner. The only difference, once again, is that Libor Hayek was in the lineup as a seventh defenseman. And uh, Ryan Reeves came out of the lineup, which leads me into talking about that. I don't—I wouldn't have done this. Let, let me just say that first of all. I know Greg McKay had a goal, but overall, I think, you know, on most nights, if everybody's healthy or most players are healthy, I think he should be the odd man out. The only thing I can come up with is that, you know, Gallant feels like the Rangers need a little bit more out of Ryan Reeves. And Reeves, a couple of times recently, has taken a few 
uh, penalties, a couple in the offensive zone that were not necessary. And I think Gallant just wants him to get back to, uh, you know, asserting himself with his physicality, which, you know, he hasn't really been all that noticeable. And it's funny because I haven't really noticed that he hasn't been that noticeable. But as soon as he was made a healthy scratch, I kind of made myself think about it. It's like, yeah, has Ryan Reeves really done a whole lot in recent games? Has he really played the brand of hockey that we're used to seeing him play? So it's probably just a way to send a little bit of a message. I would imagine Ryan Reeves will be back out there in the next game. I mean, we we know how these teams can get, or how these coaches can get, rather, when their team wins a game. You know, they don't want to mess with the lineup and whatnot. But uh, I think the Rangers would probably go back to the 12-6 deal, you know, 12 forwards, 6 defensemen. Libor Hayek would probably come out of the lineup. Ryan Reeves goes back in. That's my best guess as far as what's going to happen. I don't think you want Ryan Reeves out of the lineup too long. He's somebody that obviously, you know, brings a lot of physicality. He watches out for his teammates out there. Uh, His mere presence on the ice, I realize he's only been in two fights this year, and a lot of people are going to point to that. But his mere presence, uh, you know, I I think kind of uh, protects the Rangers. You know, there aren't as many incidents this year of teams trying to bully the Rangers around, and even when they try, uh, the Rangers give it right back to them. And uh, again, I think part of that is Reeves' presence. So we'll see. I mean, I'm hoping he's back out there in the next game. He seems to be very well liked in the locker room and all that good stuff. Uh, Just a rare, healthy scratching for Ryan Reeves. But like I said, he'll be back out there sooner rather than later, I would have to think. And I also just want to give a really big shout-out to Keandre Miller. I thought he was one of the best players on the ice last night, and he continues his recent string of strong play. You know, maybe the last two games notwithstanding, because I don't think any of the Rangers defensemen played all that well in the two games before this one. Uh, But Miller... This is what makes it especially impressive to me. He had a really bad miscue in the first period, and, you know, we'll we'll break that down in just a second, but he shook that off and, uh, you know, came back strong the rest of the game, ended up with a pair of assists, but just playing with a lot of confidence. I mean, you can just see it from watching him go about his business out there. He is... uh, you know, maybe playing the best that he's played since the since he made his debut with the Rangers. So, uh, great stuff by Keandre Miller. But I do want to get into this miscue that he had in the second uh, first period. Excuse me, it was the second goal of the game, made it two to nothing in favor of the Stars. Uh, basically, you know, Panarin has the puck in the neutral zone. He passes back to Miller, and Miller just mishandles the puck and stumbles, and he's basically falling all over himself. And you know, despite this, he's really not in that much danger as of this point in the play, uh, you know, where we are in my description here. Um, He could have very easily, I think, probably played the puck around behind the boards or skated the puck back behind the boards himself. I mean, I realize he had a a star that was bearing down on him pretty fast there, but he's not in, uh, you know, a great amount of danger, I don't think. But what he tried to do next is what kind of sealed the deal here. He, you know, again, he has a star bearing down. The guy's in on the forecheck really hard, and he tries to basically just almost like one hand knock a pass across to Jacob Truba and pass in front of the Rangers net, and that is never a good place to be passing the puck when you're in a situation like this. And obviously, you know, uh, there's a fight for the puck. The Stars come away with it. The Stars are able to, you know, never let Miller's pass even get to Truba. Uh, one or two passes later, you get a one-timer from Kiviranta, and Tyler Sagan deflects it in from the doorstep. So not a, a great moment for Keandre Miller there. But like I said, I thought he was really, really strong in this game the rest of the way after that. Really bounced back nicely and, again, continues a streak of strong play. Uh, so obviously that is fantastic to see. The Rangers are going to need their defense to be better than they've been over this last handful of games here. And it's nice to see Keandre Miller really playing with a lot of confidence. And uh, we're going to continue breaking down all the highlights and lowlights from this game in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports, betting needs, and info. 
BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is also brought to you by Bilt Bar. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. And all Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar could be anywhere from 2 to 300 calories. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Bilt Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Some breaking news, at least as of this recording. I'm on Ranger Twitter right now, and it looks like Tim Gettender has been assigned to the Wolfpack. So, you know, I think he did fine. He's somebody that the Rangers just call up when they need a... You know, kind of a quick fix, somebody they can patch into the lineup uh, just for a couple of games anytime that there's an issue with players being injured or out of the lineup for various reasons. Getting jerk and go in there, uh, play some four or five minutes and not kill you. I mean, I I think he at least, uh, you know, has a steady pair of hands, but uh, for the most part, somebody that I think they see as, you know, an AHL, NHL swingman at best, and he will now once again head back to the Hartford Wolfpack. But getting back to this game here, something I wanted to talk about, the Rangers, you know, we had that situation in the first period. They're down 2 nothing. They score four goals in five minutes. All but one of those goals happened during 5v5 play. And in fact, uh, six of the seven goals on the night happened at 5v5. Obviously, the last one was an empty netter, but uh, you get the idea. The Rangers quite often take quite a bit of flack for, you know, not being the best 5v5 team and, you know, maybe uh, being overly reliant on their power play as it pertains to, you know, producing offensively. Uh, but very, very encouraging to see them, you know, storm back in general, but also do just about all their damage when the teams were skating five on five. And again, this is a Dallas Stars team that was desperate and uh, just hit the ground running last night. So for the Rangers to end up uh, putting seven goals on them, that's very, very impressive. And I think you'll definitely take that if you're a Ranger fan. It's very encouraging to, you know, hopefully what the Rangers will continue to do 5v5 going forward. As for the power play, they went one for two on the man advantage in this game and the power play. Uh, at least, you know, as the games were unfolding last night, I don't know what may have happened based on some other results around the league, but uh, the Rangers were number two in power play in the league in terms of success rate. So uh, they do rely on that power play quite a bit, but I also think there are better days ahead for them as it pertains to 5v5 play. There's just too much talent on this team and too many guys who can score. And, uh, you know, honestly, you know, from the defensive end as well, there's too many good defensemen on this team, too many good uh, defense first forwards. That's going to eventually turn the Rangers' favor down the stretch here, at least a little bit. I feel like, you know, again, considering the personnel that the Rangers have, it almost has to turn in their favor uh, sooner rather than later here. 
And I do want to talk a little bit about some of these goals that the Rangers score, because like I said, you know, a lot of different players getting on the score sheet in this game. We already talked about a couple of them, but some of these were just things of beauty, including this one that tied the game, a one-timer from Mika Zibanejad. This was, in fact, the only goal that the Rangers scored on the power play in this game, but they had just gotten uh, on the man advantage. There's a face-off, a little bit of a fight for the puck, and the Stars try to clear it, but Panarin's there at the point. He gloves it down passes along the boards to Ryan Strom. Strom centers it for Mika, and Mika takes care of the rest. I don't know if there's a Ranger who's better with the one-timer or more lethal with the one-timer than Mika Zibanejad. We've seen him score a lot of goals that way this season. A lot of them have been from the left face-off circle on the power play. This is more in like the high slot area, uh, but regardless, just an absolute snipe, and uh, nothing Ottinger could do about that. And just like that, the game is tied. The Rangers scoring just seven seconds into their power play here. And then just after this, you get a goal from Adam Fox that puts the Rangers on top for good. But the Rangers really working hard on this shift. The puck is in the corner. Uh, Ryan Strom wraps it around the boards up the other side for Artemi Panarin. Panarin has it. He's got a star, you know, kind of in his face. He doesn't have a lot of room to maneuver because he's right near the blue line. So obviously he wants to hold the zone, makes a little spin move. And then, again, with the stars breathing down his neck, uh, he makes a, just a beautiful pass across the ice, across the blue line, basically just completely parallel to the blue line and only maybe a couple of inches in front of the blue line. Uh, but it gets over there. He makes the pass to Truba. Truba takes a shot, puts it on that. Adam Fox, by this point, has moved in deep, and he deflects it home, and that puts the Rangers up 3-2. Just a great goal here. And uh, something that was funny on this, and I remember watching it live, and I just watched the replay, so I heard it again. But Sam Rosen on his call here uh, was saying, man, the Rangers have been really good over these past couple of minutes. They score! That's pretty much how it went. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those goals you could feel it coming. The Rangers were just buzzing in the offensive zone, and again, looking like a completely different team from the team that started this game and was back on its heels for the first you know, five, seven, nine minutes, however long it was there. Rangers obviously fighting their game uh, around the midway point of the first period. And then just after this, Panarin scores. And look, I realize he's a pass-first guy. He's a very selfless player. He likes to set up his teammates. And he ended up with four assists on this night. But this, to me, is still, you know, regardless of everything I just said there, this is still exhibit A of why I'd like to see Panarin shoot a little bit more often than he does. And, uh, you know, not to take anything away from his teammates, uh, this was uh, another team effort goal here. You had... Dryden Hunt circling the net with the puck. He passes back to Keandre Miller. Miller's at the blue line. Miller moves to his left. At the same time, Panarin's moving across the blue line to his right, and Miller just leaves a nice little drop pass for Panarin. Panarin starts to move toward the net, basically just fakes a defender out of his skates. Panarin goes to the outside of the defender. A little bit of a sharp angle, but that doesn't matter when you're Artemi Panarin. You can score from anywhere on the ice, and uh, just a really quick wrist shot. Ottinger had no chance, and uh, 4-2 Rangers just like that. And again, just completing this complete groundswell, this just complete and thorough 180 that happened here. I mean, you you could never have seen this coming. Although, you know, I, I say that, it shouldn't be the most surprising thing ever because we've seen the Rangers battle back uh, from some adversity earlier this season. Uh, but again, you know, the way the Rangers started this game and the way they concluded the first period, just night and day, a total 180. And one other goal that I wanted to single out here is the goal from Barclay Goodrow. In the third period, this occurred with less than six minutes remaining in the game, and it boosted the Ranger lead from 5-4 up to 6-4. And the way this game was going, I mean, first of all, with just all the goals that have been scored, there have been nine goals scored in this contest up to this point. But just the, the pace that this game was being played at and all the opportunities that both teams were getting and how hard both teams were working in the offensive zone to create those opportunities, you had the feeling that there was going to be another goal score in this game, and you just didn't obviously want it to be the Stars. And uh, this whole thing was set up by Johnny Brodzinski, who made a really nice defensive play, which 
maybe bordered on a penalty, but, you know, looking at it, it was tough to tell. You know, he approached his player from behind. The player was driving toward the net, and I believe he lifted his stick and just got it away from him. Some of the fans in Dallas were roaring for a penalty, I'm sure. You know, us Ranger fans all would have been doing the same thing if the roles were reversed here. But he got the puck away, prevented a possible scoring opportunity for the start. So a great play by Brodzinski there. And then a really nice play by Philip Hedl as well, because the puck is still in the uh, Rangers zone. After Brodzinski made his play, the, the player that fell to the ice still kind of batted the puck across the ice to an empty sheet and was trying to, you know, probably set up a situation where his guy could get to it before the Rangers did. Uh, but Philip Hedl got there, chipped the puck out of the zone and into the neutral zone, and then Barclay Goodrow collects it in stride, goes up the left side of the ice, takes a shot from the left faceoff circle, and scores. And it was... Uh, Definitely a soft goal. This is one that Ottinger, I'm sure, would have liked to have had back, but be that as it may, uh, still really nice play there by Brodzinski to set the whole thing up. A nice play by Filipino getting the puck out of the zone. And uh, Barclay Goodrow continuing uh, his offensive outburst this season. Again, uh, we've talked about this before, but he continues to just add on to his career high in goals. He's now up to 13 on the season. So uh, getting some unexpected offense out of Barclay Goodrow, always a nice thing. And, you know, again, it wasn't, um, you know, a great A scoring opportunity, but they all count, and this obviously came at a huge moment in the game, and I figure we can pretty much call it there, but the only other thing that I wanted to mention is that, you know, the Rangers are playing the Stars here. Joe Pavelski signed a one-year extension with the Stars just the other day, and I know uh, certain Ranger fans, myself included, saw him as an intriguing trade target. You know, you add somebody that's a veteran and could slide into a top-six role, and uh, obviously having a tremendous season. As far as points per game, you know, he's 37 years old, and I think he's got more points per game this season than he has at any other time in his career. Uh, but he signs a one-year extension with the Stars. He's not going to be coming to the Rangers in any kind of a trade, but we will continue to monitor, you know, all the rumors and everything that the Rangers could look to do heading up to the trade deadline here. I think, you know, in this four-game road trip, the Rangers really kind of showed you some of their worst qualities and some of their best qualities as well. I mean, there is kind of a lack of depth on this team. I, I think we've seen that over this four-game road trip. They are still a very young team, and the games against the Wild and Blues were definitely reminders of that. They do tend to over-rely on Igor Sesterkin a little bit. Their defense against the Blues, you know, I'd say something about the Rangers' defense against the Blues, but they played no defense against the Blues, so I can't really comment. Um, but uh, as far as the best, I, I think it was on full display in this game against the Stars here. They do not quit. This team fights to the end, and uh, very often they find a way to get the job done. And again, in the third period here, you know, they gave up the goal that knocked it down to 5-4, to four, but uh, they took control, bent but didn't break, hung in there, showed some mental toughness, and uh, again, looking like a team that is wise beyond its years. We do get those reminders every now and then that this is still a very young, inexperienced team, uh, but there is something pretty strong that lies within, I think, for this Ranger team. And uh, again, you know, they elevate their game despite a slow start against the Stars. They find that fifth gear, and they're able to go toe to toe with a very desperate team. And once again, they come away with one of their most important wins of the season, defeating the Dallas Stars here. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. 
Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to have part two of our two-parter. We're going to take a look at all of the eight non-playoff teams in the Western Conference and come up with one trade target uh, from every single one of those teams that the Rangers could look to pursue. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.